0: Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin Hale. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through the book of Galatians, this incredible letter that Paul wrote to make clear the gospel to a church, to a people who had lost it or who were losing it and who were beginning to hold on to their works rather than rest solely in Jesus Christ. They had been led astray and had forgotten the simple truth of the gospel. As we've worked our way through uh, the book of Galatians, we come this morning to Galatians chapter 3, verse 15, which there's a section that runs from chapter 3, 15 up through 29, which is probably my favorite uh, section of the book of Galatians. This was the section on which uh, I preached my ordination sermon and it's 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 just long been a fascination of mine. It's part of what I'm looking at in my own research is, is how this compares with Psalm 105 and 106 and how the, the conversation that we're going to hear about the relationship of the Abrahamic and Mosaic covenants works. It's absolutely fascinating and incredibly helpful for giving us good covenantal categories for understanding both the Bible and Scripture as a whole. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our time working through this section, but I want to read Galatians 3:15 through 29. We might not read it every day that we go through this. It's a long section, but but I want to at least give us this this section, have it all in our head, so we can understand what it is that we're talking about as we're working our way through this. So let me pray for us, and then I'll read Galatians chapter 3, verses 15 through 29. Father, we thank you once again for your word for the hope that it gives us in Jesus Christ, for the announcement of the gospel, the announcement of the coming of your kingdom. And we ask that you would give us wisdom by your spirit once again as we look to your word, that this might not be just an intellectual exercise, but that your spirit might be at work through your living word to give us life, to vivify us, to help us, strengthen us, to to make us more and more able to put to death the deeds of the body that we might live as we focus on and rest in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. This is what Paul writes beginning in Galatians chapter 3, verse 15. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean, the law which came 430 years afterwards does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgression until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made, and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Well, there we have this beautiful section, and indeed it does continue into chapter 4 where Paul talks about what it means to be an heir and, and why that matters. But what he's doing for us here in this section is helping us understand how these Two great covenants of the Old Testament. They're not the only two covenants of the Old Testament, of course. There's the the Adamic covenant back in Genesis two, and there's the Noaic covenant that we read in Genesis six through nine. There's the Davidic covenant. There's the the covenant with the priest. There there are all of these different covenants along the way. There's the new covenant that is announced in Jeremiah thirty one, Isaiah fifty nine, and these other places. And and largely those point back to these previous covenants, specifically the Abrahamic covenant. But the Abrahamic and the Mosaic covenant really framed Israel's experience. The Abrahamic covenant was the covenant that God made with Abraham in Genesis. We see it recorded in Genesis 12, 15, and 17. And this was the covenant really that constituted Israel as a people. This is where the Hebrew people came from. God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldeans and made this covenant with him, giving him the promised land, promising to make a great name, great nation. It will be a blessing to all the nations, all of these different things. And then the Mosaic covenant, of course, was that law that governed Israel as a people. And so the big question is, how do these relate and how do we relate to them as the people of God? That's really what was at stake in Galatia in this church. Is it by promise, i.e. The, the Abrahamic covenant, or do we relate to God by law, i.e. the Mosaic covenant? Are we his people because he has promised to make us his people, or are we his people because we have obeyed, we've kept the food laws, or we've kept the Sabbath laws, or we've kept the circumcision laws, or, or, or whatever it might be, we've made all the sacrifices, Well, Paul is repeatedly arguing that this all really, the gospel really comes back to the Abrahamic covenant, which is a covenant not of law, but of promise. And that's what he dives into here. We're going to look at this morning, just these first few verses. He says, to give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. He simply pulls on the reality of how covenants work, that if two men make a covenant together and then later make another covenant, it doesn't necessarily undo the first covenant. That, that covenant is set. It's not annulled. It's not added to it once it has been ratified. It's in place and it's set. We, we think of the law of the Medes and the Persians that is talked about in the Old Testament that, that once the law was made, It had to be kept, and that caused certain problems at different times in the life of Israel and for particular individuals, but but that's the idea here. When the covenant is made, it's made. There's no going back. That's the point of making a covenant. It's kind of how we think about today, making contracts. If you go to buy a house and you put it under contract and you've signed the contract saying, I'll pay, you know, however much for this house and y'all will give me this house for this much, one side or the other doesn't get just to just decide, well, you know what, never mind. I'm not doing that anymore. It's a similar idea. And so Paul then builds off that in verse 16 here using another Old Testament quote, this time Genesis 12, 7. The promises, he says, were made to Abraham and to his offspring. Now, he argues here in a way that we might go, wait a minute, offspring is a collective noun, but but here we have to remember that Paul is operating under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the inspiration of the Spirit as he writes this. And he makes this point, it, it's almost a, a kind of grammatical wordplay or something of that nature. He says, now, it does not say unto your offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one. And to your offspring. And then he says who that offspring is. Who is Christ? So in other words, what Paul is arguing here is that the promises that were made to Abraham and to his offspring, Paul argues singular, those promises were made to Jesus and they come to fruition in Jesus Christ. That's why he could say in verse 14, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. See, Paul sees the Abrahamic covenant as hinging on the finished work of Jesus Christ. He is the offspring that inherits those promises so we inherit those promises when we are united to him by faith. That's the point Paul is making here. And that Promise, that covenant with all of its promises that have been made to Jesus and secured by Jesus, he says in verse 17, is not undone just because another covenant was made later. This is what I mean, the law which came 430 years afterwards does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. In fact, if you go back and read in Genesis 12 and 15 and 17, what you see is that the Abrahamic covenant even kind of foreshadowed This later reality that would happen because it reminded or it foretold that the people would be slaves in a land for some 400 years, a land that was not their own, and then God would do something and he would bring them out. And that's when we get the Mosaic covenant. So really what we see is that the Mosaic covenant is in part a a fulfillment of what God had promised. It's not a replacement of what God had promised. It certainly doesn't annul The covenant made with Abraham. It doesn't annul those promises. It doesn't make the promise void. And then Paul reminds us why this matters in verse 18. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise. See, that's the sticking point. It's one way or the other. It's either by law or it's by promise. It can't be a little bit of both. It's it's a a either-or, it's a hard either-or proposition. Either we receive what we receive from God as his people by promise, or we receive it based on our works. And then he says simply in verse 18, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. And that's the clincher right there. The, the later covenant didn't didn't undo the previous covenant. It didn't annul it. And that covenant was about promise. That God would do something for the offspring of Abraham. That he would do it. He passed between those pieces that we've talked about. God passed between those pieces alone, taking all of the obligations of that covenant on himself. He would do it. And in the gospel, in, in the work of Christ... We can say he has done it, and that's why we can rest, and that's why we can hope, and that's why we can have confidence, and that's why we can be humble because Christ has done it for us. Let's rest in him and his promises together. Amen.